Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, it's Monday, and here we are, and, uh, well, I can't say I'm waiting for the sun, but I was waiting for rain all weekend. The weather people said it was going to rain Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know what we got? Zilch. Zilch. Yeah, exactly. How you're much right. are they paying these weather people? Yeah, you're right. It was, at least it was Too nice. Too much. Yeah, at least it was, by the way, a busy weekend. You had a busy weekend with Kevin McCarthy. I was with Kevin McCarthy on uh, Saturday at five o'clock in the Hamptons. And I, Congressman King, you were with Kevin McCarthy, the, the speaker when? He was in Belmore at noon on Saturday. He was on his way to the Hamptons. And he got a great, a great turnout, a great reception in, uh, uh, Belmore. It was an event for Anthony D'Esposito, but, uh, Congressman Lalota was there. Congressman Lawler was there. Uh, yeah. we had 10 yeah. congressmen there, or nine, cause, uh, Nicole Mayotakis, I heard, was in, in Japan negotiating a deal. Oh, I don't know. Could could well be. Nicole could be anywhere. It's, uh, she's a hard worker. Now, we, we had three congressmen, plus we had the state chairman, Ed Cox. Was he out with you? I know he was heading out. Ed Cox yeah. was there. Yeah. That was a great turnout. Joe Cairo ran the show. Bruce Blakeman was there. It was a great turnout for Anthony D'Esposito. Very cool. And also, McCarthy's uh, now, right? He went down to the right 9-11. Now, yeah. Right now, at 4 o'clock, he was down in the World Trade Center uh, with the Archbishop and uh, for uh, Father Alex, and and guess what? He's viewing the uh, the Saint Nicholas uh, sanctuary. That is great. That is that's being rebuilt. That was rebuilt. Right? That, that was, was rebuilt. The, that's uh, that. fully yeah. operational. Yeah, and uh, and uh, you know, it, it's a beautiful. Uh, it's gorgeous. Place. I actually went down to the nine eleven memorial just about a couple weeks yeah. ago, John, yeah. and I saw the church. It's right there. It's gorgeous. It's yeah. literally right where the uh, where the yeah. ponds are and everything. There is a war on <clears throat> pizza. There's a war on pizza and Curtis, Curtis Lewa. Who knows pizza better than Curtis Lewa? I don't know. Not too many Curtis, people. <laughs> the, the city has declared war on pizza. Tell us what's going on. Well, here I am in the Bronx, uh, John and Rita, and I'm outside some of the restaurants that have the coal burning, the wood burning stoves that make pizza that people want. Patricia's in Morris Park. I've been in a number of other locations. And the owners and operators, they're crestfallen. They're saying it's hard enough to make money since the lockdown and pandemic of March of 2020. But this will <laughs> drive their customers away because many of them come, travel great distances, specifically so because they're pizza. so good. Yeah, the pe- now, Curtis, there's only 100 of these places in New York City. Who put the target on them of those 100 wood-burning and charcoal burning. Somebody put the target on. Is it the the frozen pizza people? <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to use. I didn't want to use. Well, no, no, I didn't want to use the M name. <laughs> who put the target? Who, and, and follow the money. Who paid? Uh, who off to get this law? Yeah, well, just know, John. First, they come for the coal and wood burning. <laughs> Uh, stoves that make the pizza. Next, they're going to come for those that are gas-powered, natural gas. And then it's going to leave it to electrified ovens, which makes a horrible pizza. Everybody knows that. The worst pizza so in the world. A, right. I'll do a deep dive. We'll call it uh, Pizzagate, 
and I'll I'll sniff around the uh, Parmesan cheese. Uh, I'll sniff around the sauce and the dough and try to come up with an answer for you tonight. Congressman King, who made the big payoff to get rid of the hundred pizza stores with a wood burning fireplace? The well, best pizza. Well, when Curtis is involved, you never know. All I know is Curtis. I came to the studio today looking for you, and you're hiding out from me in the Bronx. What an excuse! Hiding in a pizza parlor because you're afraid to see me here. Well, remember, tomorrow is primary day. There's been such a poor turnout. I'm trying to get a vote out for primary day so we can take our city council back. That's important. That is great. We agree on that. We agree on that. Right. By the way, uh, all the candidates have worked hard. They all deserve people to come out and vote for them. It's not easy. Tomorrow is the primary. You're right. Tomorrow is the primary. What do the key elections uh, do? Well, this will try to take away from the Democrats who have a filibuster-proof majority in city council in which no matter what Eric Adams has, they can override him, especially when it comes to hiring cops, decreasing the number of inmates in Rikers Island. They've got him hamstrung unless we can get some moderate Republicans and moderate Democrats elected and conservatives. This city will be forsaken because no matter what Eric Adams says, he won't be able we to gotta get bring, it done. We've got to bring New York back, and there's 51 city council seats available. And the 51 out of 51 are up this November. And if you want safe streets, we better vote for the right 51. And we're going to have more details as time goes by on WABC. And also, by the way, um, I want to... Uh, uh, Richard Ravitch passed away today. Yes, great, 89. 89 years old. Great, great guy, terrific great guy. Great guy. And, uh, Former lieutenant governor. I was so sad. You saved the MTA. You saved the MTA. He was, he was lieutenant governor under well, one smart David guy. Patterson. Yes. Oh, a legend. True legend. Uh, amazing. He was yeah. a real giant. He was a giant. Really yes. And, and Curtis, thank you for uh, calling in and uh, God bless you. Get to the bottom of Pizzagate. Get, get to the bottom of it. I will. I okay. will. I'll sample product up here in the Bronx. I'll sample product and come back and report to Sid in the morning. I want to know that the wood-burning fire, uh, which is better pizza, wood-burning or coal-burning? Both are good. Both are good. Curtis, thank you very thank you. much. We appreciate it. You know, you think about it, guys, of all the things Anybody going on in New York, John, this is what they're worried that, about? That will save the planet. I mean, right. There's no doubt. <laughs> some close down of these Somebody make them down a target. Down. Yeah, there's something to it, John. Somebody You're right. Them. You are now, right. Uh, I understand we have who? We got Miranda, oh, Miranda Devine. Devine. Big news on the Hunter yes, Biden front. Uh, Miranda, take it away. Some big news happening there What's with more on? people backing up the whistleblower. Hi, how are you? Yes, look, um, uh, sorry, I didn't hear your question. You're saying who's backing up the whistleblower? No, I said much. You've got, There are more people backing up the whistleblower. Apparently, there's a whole bunch of other people coming forward, Four. too. Miranda, it's Richard Weinberg. Four out of the six people who are supposed to be in that room said that yes. Weiss is telling the truth, that he was sidelined. He made a request to become special counsel. It was denied that he went to the, the District of Columbia U.S. Attorney and the California U.S. Attorney. They both denied him access. And as you know, Miranda, Weiss had limited jurisdiction. He could only prosecute crimes that took place in Delaware. If he was going to go after something about Hunter Biden outside, he'd have to go to those U.S. attorneys. That's right. Well, I mean, in that meeting, of course, uh, that that's what makes um, Gary Shapley's testimony so compelling, because he had memorialized meetings and phone calls, and he had witnesses, as you say, six witnesses to that crucial meeting in which the U.S. attorney in Delaware, David Weiss, 
told them that the reason that they couldn't charge Hunter Biden for these tax offences in 2014, 2015, right up until 2019, was because they're in Washington, D.C. and California, where he lived at the time, and the Biden-appointed U.S. attorneys for those jurisdictions refused. And so then why says, well, you know, I went to the DOJ and I asked to be made special counsel so I could override those jurisdictions, and I was refused. And then, you know, you had the U.S. attorney, Merrick Garland, saying, well, I'm the one who makes that decision, and he never asked me. So someone's lying. But I think what may have happened, reading between the lines, is that David Weiss went to perhaps Lisa Monaco or someone else down the chain from Merrick Garland because Merrick Garland wanted to have nothing to do with the Hunter Biden case, that's my guess. Uh, And so um, whoever it was down the line said to him, listen, I'm not going to ask, don't ask that question. I'm not going to ask the boss. You don't want to put him in that difficult position. And David Weiss just goes, oh, okay, and just trots off because he doesn't really want to rock the boat either. That's my guess. You know what's amazing, well, Miranda? No, no upside. You, you don't have a future by rocking the boat the wrong the wrong way. I mean, exactly. uh, Judge Judge Weinberg, how many lawyers don't have jobs anymore because they wanted to represent certain people? Ooh. Well, that's exactly right. They've been blackballing people who wanted to represent Trump, and they've been thrown out of their law firms or yeah. had to resign from the law firms. Miranda, you know about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, also, remember when Chris Clark was Hunter Biden's lawyer, uh, when um, he was having some conversation with uh, the prosecutors in Delaware, he said, don't you dare charge my client, Hunter Biden. That is career suicide. And that's the way they all that it would be career suicide if they touched the hair on the head of the president's son. And, you know, Joe Biden used to come out, he, he did it at least twice, perhaps more, publicly and say, my son did nothing wrong. And that is a clear signal message to the Attorney General and everyone down the line, don't you cross me, I'm the most powerful man in the world. Miranda, you had a great column that you, that you wrote last night, which was in uh, today's paper, and you made two points that I thought were very important. Number one, you said you had the whole situation of the influence peddling itself and following that trail and were there crimes. But you said even worse than that was the cover-up. Could you explain yeah. that to our listeners, please? Yeah, so there's the original uh, story of corruption, which is as old as Washington, D.C. itself. It's influence peddling. Joe Biden's been doing it for 50 years out of Delaware. Uh, you know, it's it just, it's a corruption story. But the cover-up by the DOJ, by the FBI, the higher echelons, uh, by um, the even CIA, former, um, you know, five former CIA directors and a lot of their former colleagues who wrote that um, very dishonest letter, the 51 of them saying that the laptop was Russian disinformation that was to help Joe Biden before the election. Um, you have in the highest reaches of the federal government um, what, what Donald Trump used to call the deep state. Uh, you had them covering up for the Biden family corruption. And um, why they did it? Well, I'm assuming it's because they felt that a lot of them are patriots, but they felt that Donald Trump was an existential threat to this country and that whatever it took, they would break whatever rule, whatever norm to make sure that he didn't win the 2020 election. They thought that they were smarter than the American people. They thought that they knew so much 
uh, and that the American people could not be trusted to choose their own president. And that has got them into all sorts of trouble. I think eventually, if the Republicans are strong enough and they pull on the threads, there's going to be a lot of people in a lot of trouble. Miranda, this is Pete King. How far do you think the Republicans in Congress can get with the talk of impeaching Garland? I think they can go very far. I mean, from what I'm told from the whistleblower attorney, um, they, they basically, Congress has the power to, um, basically, they can call people in, right? They can um, make Merrick Garland, make Christopher Ray, make Lisa Monaco, make David Weiss come in and testify. Um, they can, if they, you know, they can subpoena them. If they refuse the subpoenas, they can hold them in contempt. If they hold them in contempt, they don't have to wait for the DOJ to do anything about that. They can themselves levy fines against these people, say daily fines of $200,000 apiece. Uh, and then they can start garnishing their wages. They can start um, seizing their property. So, they, you know, and then the Treasury has to get involved. But this puts the um, federal government, Janet Yellen, Joe Biden, it puts them on defence and it's an aggressive move that I think you have to do because you look at the way the Democrats have run things. You look at the Mueller investigation. You look at Jack Smith. I mean, the Democrats are willing to use the law uh, to its maximum effect to go after their uh, enemies. Well, in this case, the Republicans should use the maximum power to actually bring people who have done wrong to account. Yeah, ordinarily, I'm, I'm, not a, yeah, I'm not a supporter of impeachment, but in this case, to me, I think it's the only way to get the information out, to find out what went on behind the scenes, what happened with Weiss, what you know, what role did Garland have, and how much of a fix is really in here. Yeah, they got to call all these people in and find out who's lying. You know, um, Miranda, this is Rita. I want to ask you, too. You know, I want to talk about the optics, because in the middle of all this, it's almost like it's an alternate universe. You see Hunter Biden at the state dinner for the Indian prime minister. There he is, and Garland's there, and so is, of course, the president. I got and information then, today. I had a feeling. I got information today that Hunter Biden was at Camp David and yes. attended all the security meetings. Wow. You mean the super secret well, meetings with world leaders, John? Yes. Is that what you're... Wow. No, it's a secret what, uh, what is the Biden administration thinking? How could they actually allow that to happen? Miranda. Well, what is Biden administration? The president the, says, I want my son. What do you want to do? Yes. But, but I mean, that, where's the right. mindset behind that? Right. And we want Hunter Biden in those meetings? I mean, those are classified. You know, But it's like the papers with the Corvette, where's, John. Where's, yeah, let's, check, let's check his cell phone and see if he called China afterwards. Yeah, exactly. And right. where's his security clearance? And, and what is Merrick Garland doing attending a dinner at which Hunter Biden, who's just copped this very controversial plea deal, is going to be attending, along with Jim Biden, the president's younger brother, who is under investigation himself. Why did Merrick Garland allow himself to be used like that? Yeah. That's, that's what it is, you know. And he's the Attorney General of the United well, States. Yeah. It's, it's, look, I, I, I pray for our country, uh, uh, you know, national security. I mean, yeah, I, it's just, it's, it's I think scary. You know, it's concerning. The, in life, there's a line. I think... If they allowed that to happen, they're crossing that line. No doubt. 
no doubt. And by the way, to your point, John, I, he shouldn't be in those meetings with his father. No. Those no. those kind of conversations about secret stuff on the Russia no, war. Imagine, he, you, know, you know, ten minutes later, he might be using his cell phone to call somebody. Exactly. All exactly. Right? All right, Miranda Devine, we love you. Thank you for uh, for standing up for America, even though we're an Australian uh, accent. And, uh, <laughs> Nobody does it better. Nobody we does it better. We love you, Miranda. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Uh, and let's take a break. And when we come back, what the heck is going on in Russia, Ukraine? Ambassador John Bolton is on, and we'll know what the truth is. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we're back. What the heck is going on in Russia, Ukraine? Oh, who the heck knows? But we with us today is Ambassador John Bolton. If anybody knows, John Bolton knows. John, what's going on? Is Putin running out of money? Did he forget to make a wire transfer? <laughs> Hi, John. Uh, I don't. I don't think really anybody knows what's going on in in Russia, uh, including Putin. Uh, there's certainly much we don't know over here, even after the weekend. Uh, there were speeches, uh, uh, statements by Prigozhin during the day to day, and. Putin made a late night, a brief late night address uh, of, in Moscow. Uh, I mean, my my sense is this whole thing really looks more like comic opera than a serious coup. Uh, what Prigozhin said today was that he he didn't want to overthrow the government over the weekend. He just didn't want Wagner Group, his private army, uh, uh, melded into the Ministry of Defense, which is a position he's had for a long time. He didn't uh, mean any any harm to people. He didn't want to fight. Uh, what Putin said was uh, this evening, traitors will be punished and the Wagner group uh, is either going to move to Belarus or its members can <clears throat> go home or enlist in the regular he military. Bet he, oh, well, he better not go above the second floor in any building he's in. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent for, for Prigozhin. No doubt about it. Now, the, what I heard, and Congressman King, what I heard is, you know, the price of oil is down to $68. Putin is selling it to the Chinese, Pakistanis, Indians for a 30% discount, down to $50. And, uh, you know, he was using that $100 oil to pay the uh, Wagner Army. So I understand that the billion-dollar payment was made, and then all of a sudden the it stopped. Well, hard hard to say. You know, they they Putin ordered a raid on the Wagner Group headquarters in Saint Petersburg, and and remember, Prigozhin and and Putin both from Saint Petersburg. They go back to the days right after the collapse of the Soviet Union. Uh, but they raided the headquarters and carried away, among other things, a large number of cardboard boxes with different kinds of uh, currency in it, amounting. Uh, when you convert it all into dollars, something something between fifteen and twenty million dollars, which you know is the way your normal uh, criminal operation works with money in cardboard boxes. So that was a pretty pretty uh, big hit out of the headquarters fund, uh, and and I think that uh, Putin really had other things in mind. You know, Wagner finances itself in part by minerals out of Africa. Uh, it's a wide ranging enterprise, but it's not as big as people think. You know, British intelligence has estimated, according to the Daily Telegraph in London today, that Prigozhin didn't have 25,000 men in Ukraine. He's got maybe 8,000. That's British intelligence estimate. So I, that's why I say I think this whole thing 
uh, may have been overstated for reasons that I, I think, frankly, we, we cannot uh, we cannot understand at this point. John, John, this is Pete King. First of all, it's always great talking with you. Uh, what, is it possible with Peshogun, for instance, that he did take that one city so easily that he thought there would be defections once he was on the road heading toward Moscow and it didn't happen? And well, that's why he made the quick deal. Well, I do think uh, that he must have, unless he's completely irrational, he must have thought that there would be defections. Uh, as far as I know, I haven't seen that reported any defections. Uh, but I also think uh, uh, in considering the first city that he established himself in, Rostov-on-Don, uh, you know, his, his troops were not suspected of anything because they were friendly forces. They'd been in that city along with regular military for some time. I bet Prigozhin had been in that regional military headquarters with senior uh, Russian military officials all the time. So it wasn't like he stormed the city and carried it swiftly. I don't think any bullets were fired at all. So, you know, you know, I was going to ask you, uh, Ambassador Bolton, this is Rita Cosby. I want to ask you, what does this mean for America? What does this mean for us? Um, because Biden came out a little bit ago and basically said that um, that NATO had nothing to do with it. We were just watching this. He's trying to distance himself, even though now we're hearing Hunter might have been in the room. Oh, my goodness. But what are your thoughts of what this means for America now in the war in Ukraine. That's what everyone's asking today. Well, I think the the big question is whether uh, after this disturbance over the weekend, uh, the Russian uh, troop morale has uh, decreased, whether their attention has been diverted, whether their organizational structures are now messed up with the Wagner uh, forces leaving. And I mean, it, it could be uh, that they've got some real logistical difficulties there. On the other hand, uh, if I were Putin, I would use this as an opportunity to to bolster my own weakened position, but also to boost morale by saying, look, the, the uh, uh, what Prigozhin did was treason because uh, we're, we're at war with NATO and Ukraine and he undercut our boys in the trenches out there. Now, let's all get behind him. Uh, I think uh, if I were on the Ukrainian side, I would certainly be trying to take advantage of this, but it's it's. Uh, it's probably too early to tell. We don't see any signs of it yet, uh, but but maybe some are underway. Do, Ambassador, it's Richard Weinberg. Do you think, sir, there's a problem in terms of uh, continuation of Putin's leadership of, of Russia because of this? Are there cracks coming? Well, I, I thought, uh, and I guess I still believe, that certainly this whole thing represents a weakening of his authority. But I wouldn't underestimate Putin. Uh uh, Prigozhin doesn't represent anybody but Prigozhin. He's he's a thug. He's in effect he's a mafiosa, uh, which Putin is in part too. So they understand each other very well. Uh, and it's a it, the Wagner Group is a real anomaly in Russia. There's really nobody else who even would have thought of this. Uh, so I don't I don't see uh, I, I see a further weakening of Putin's position. I think that's true, but uh, I don't I don't see this leading to the fall of his regime any sooner than it might otherwise have fallen. I, I agree with you. And uh, between me and you, Ambassador, I trust Putin more so than anybody else we might get that might be worse. Yeah, it's like uh, the no, devil yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, trust me, there are people who are worse. I know some of them. And, uh, and, and we would look back at Putin as the good old days. And I do think, uh, to say a kind word for Joe Biden, in this circumstance, we, we still know so little that sometimes it's better just to keep your mouth shut uh, 
un- until you have more reason to know what what your what comments would have an effect on the situation. And I think the situation is still evolving. I do think uh, that that uh, the Prigozhin himself remains in jeopardy. I think the other Wagner fighters uh, could be integrated into the military. Prigozhin says they don't want it. Maybe that's right. Maybe there'll be soldiers for hire somewhere else. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon, John. Okay, John. Thanks a lot. And now there's a war on pizzas. And we talked to Curtis before. There's a war on pizzas. And who do we have on? We've got uh, Anthony, who is one of the owners there of Grimaldi's. He's at the 6th Avenue location. Coal-fired brick oven uh, pizzas. By the way, some of the best. I do love Grimaldi's, Grimaldi's pizza. Grimaldi's yes. legendary and deserves a reputation. So, Tony, what the hell is going on? First, I want to oh, thank good, him yeah. for being a sponsor, I understand. No, he's not yeah. a sponsor. Yeah, they've been, they've been a sponsor a number of times okay. uh, at a number of events before. Um, and they're awesome. Um, and, uh, by the way, um, Anthony, you were there. What is going on? John and I were talking about this pizza game. Who, what the heck is and, going on? And who paid off who to get this new law passed? Oh, this is unbelievable. I was in bed sleeping this morning. Seven o'clock. My phone blows up. I have. Uh, well, it was uh, a real explosion. Uh, <laughs> no, who knows? Maybe. I mean, things are going now. I had Fox, everybody, Fox, everybody calling me up. Well, I said, something happened big now. And uh, I thought, thank God I learned it was the, about the coal. And now they want us to, um, they're going to say they're going to want to shut down the pizzerias if they don't comply with the, the new exhaust system. But it has to be like a fast compliance. So we, we, we're going we're gonna to comply, but um, we, we just got to see how how we're going to go around doing it. But they just pulled it on us out of the hat. So wait, Tony, how much is it costing you to comply? I was seeing a story like uh, somewhere else it's costing them anywhere from like ten to 100000 to like I mean, that's ridiculous. No, because we're in the limelight. We're in the old limelight, the, 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 the old club, the limelight, the church. Yep, sure. When we built the oven originally. We had to um, do it with the um, historical society. We had to hide the piping. We had to put double... Uh, stainless steel. That, just to put the oven in alone was over one hundred and fifty thousand. Just to put wow. it in. Now we're going to have to. We're going to do it. We have to comply. Otherwise, but Anthony, who? Why would they make a complaint about it? I mean, it's not going to change the whole environment. When if you have a pizza store with 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 coal or with wood. Yeah, it's crazy. But they, they don't realize. Was there anybody in particular uh, in the city council that was after you? Did you forget to make a contribution? (laughs) (laughs) I tell you the truth, it's starting to feel that way. I feel like I have a target on me. No, but it's but they're coming up to the the iconic pizzerias now. Maybe maybe has something to do with the dollar size places. I don't know, but it's they, they don't realize something. We support a lot of people, John, just like your places. They don't realize that we're top of the food chain now in the pizza business. We we have people come in from Pennsylvania thanking us because we buy their coal. We buy four-inch coal. And they because we give them work. They're so happy. The portobello mushrooms. I say, it's all that fossil fuel you you guys are, 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 are destroying you're, the planet. You're destroying the <laughs> right. planet with the pizza. I know. Of all the things Anthony in New York. Romalde, thank you so much for coming on, and we'll catch up with you. And keep us, if you find out who put the hit on you, let us know. John, you're going to be my first call. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Keep, right. keep up the great work, Anthony. Let's take a break right now. And uh, you know we have? we have Jimmy Patronus coming on, the CFO of Florida, uh, controls a $180 billion fund 
uh, pension fund. And guess who he threw out of that pension fund? BlackRock. Larry Fink. Okay, let's take that break first. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we're back. And now we have Jimmy Petronas. He is the CFO uh, of Florida. He controls uh, him and his board control 180 million billion. 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 Yeah, big. It's not trillion yet. Not yet, but it's close. (laughs) It's getting there. 180 billion in pension funds. And they are mad as heck at what some of the companies are investing their pension funds in. Jimmy Petronas, give give us an update. What's going on in Florida? Hey, Mr. John. Well, actually, uh, we're we're over two hundred billion dollars. So I'm uh, uh, was good last month. I'm going to brag a little bit, but uh, but yeah, look, we we have started to take back back our pension funds, the likes of the Larry Finks of the world. These guys are starting to uh, go back and forth. I think they're probably dealing with a little bit of the derangement syndrome that. Anheuser-Busch has been dealing with with Bud Light. These guys are forgetting who the customer is and what the customer expects. And in the state of Florida, we expect returns on our investments. So we know what? When they don't perform, we move the money. When they don't perform, we take it and we spend it with somebody else. We invest in ourselves in order to ensure the best return possible. Because, you know, I also have 35,000 firefighters that are, that are members of our retirement fund. I want good returns for them, too. And, and, and I understand that the uh, BlackRock was not as good as you guys expected. And uh, exactly. look, it's like, uh, you know, we have 168 hours of airtime uh, on WABC. Whoever's the 168th person. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See ya. <laughs> Jimmy, it's, it's Richard Weinberg. It's not only that's hey, not getting. How are you? Good to talk to you. It's not only you're not getting a return, but you have a fiduciary obligation, and BlackRock itself has a fiduciary obligation not to put too much money at risk. Yeah, the, the ESG funds. The ESG funds are breaching their fiduciary duties, aren't they, Jimmy? A hundred percent. So, I mean, that, that, and I think these guys, they forget that who the customer is sometimes. They get so intoxicated with the power of having trillions of dollars at their fingertips of other people's money, they go out and invest it how they so please because they want to go play God. You know what? Go put your name on the ballot, go run for office, and go pass laws or change policies the way everybody else in the world does it. I mean, so enough's enough. Daddy always used to say, if you want to get somebody's attention, you get into their pocketbook. And this is why we, state of Florida, we pulled two, $2 billion out of our treasury out of BlackRock, we're the biggest state to do it to date. They're using other people's money, Jimmy, to foster their political and ideological objectives. And how wrong is that? Again, this is why, you know, if you sit around and do nothing, I tell people all the time, hold your electeds accountable. Otherwise, you get the government you deserve. This is no different. We have to hold our contractors accountable who are doing our investments Otherwise, we get what we deserve. So this is why we reacted the way we did. Jimmy Petronas, CFO of Florida. What do you say to New Yorkers? So two things I'll say. One, I thought uh, Zuckerberg did not give a care about buying CNN 
until the honesty and integrity of John Katz came forth <laughs> and offered to take it over. I so, thought, one, yeah. God bless you, and I hope that worked. Thank you. I thought you were going to say to New Yorkers, come on down. Yeah, I was ready for that. Oh, no, I was ready for that one. Hey, no, no, because we have wood-fired pizzas, and, and soon to be, y'all won't. So I hope they will come down and enjoy wood-fired pizzas in the great state of Florida. I look forward oh. to it, and uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you, Jimmy. All right. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'm jealous, now, by the way, that he's got a wood-burning don't, pizza. Don't tell Dr. Michalos we're eating wood-burning oh, pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's not good, right? No, exactly no, no, right. no, no. He knows he's going to yell at us. Oh, yeah. We can't have that. Is he on yet? He, yep. He's oh, on he right now. Us. Now he is. There he is. No top secret. Uh, Dr. Michalos, no wood-burning pizza. Uh, but what about synthetic meat? <laughs> Well, it's not exactly synthetic. Uh, if you actually read carefully what it is, is you're taking, let's say, a real organic chicken and you're duplicating the cells. The concern I have is what are you going to feed those cells to make them grow? The same way we have the same concerns with regular meat or regular chicken, are we giving them hormones? Are we giving them antibiotics? Are we feeding them corn? You know, for example, beef that's fed corn produces a different omega-3 type meat. That's why meat that's grown, for example, in Argentina that's grass-fed tastes very different than the corn-fed meat we have here. So it's actually not synthetic. It's not actually that worrisome if it's the real organic chicken cells that are actually multiplied, but the concern is what are you growing them with? What are you feeding them with? Will you use hormones to accelerate their growth and those are the biggest concerns that could affect our body. So it's actually real meat, real cells that are being duplicated. It's just like uh, if you have a, an IVF baby that's a real human being. It's just you're putting the cells together and facilitating the process to create a baby, whereas with the chicken or the beef, you're taking actual they got to make sure the chickens don't have constipation. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in a way, if if they're fed properly and they're not using antibiotics and hormones, it actually can be a big plus to help feed, you know, a lot of areas of the world where they don't have access to high-quality proteins. So it's not all that negative because this, what they're talking about, is not actually synthetic like some of these burgers that we've been seeing where they're, you know, creating a synthetic uh, synthetic meats and they're, and they're cloning basically... Uh, Red it's it's so when they're adding, like if they, it's where they're adding, to get serious, it's where they're adding all these uh, uh, antibiotics or the uh, hormones. hormones, oh, the hormones right. if, yeah, listen, what, what did we, me and you say at dinner the other night? We said, if God made it, eat it. If Absolutely. some of these other and companies the made it with all the hormones and all the other additives, don't eat it. Did God make pizza, John? Yeah, especially wood and coal burning. Yes. Well, the, well the, the the problem is like things like farm fish. They don't eat what's normally in the sea. They're feeding them corn, which is not naturally found in the sea. So when you measure the omega three, the good, uh, the good, the good things like omega three, they're not as as much in the farm fish, where they have more omega six, which is not as good for us. So that's what the concern is, what what is in it. But uh, as John said the other night, if God made it, eat it. So that's, yes. uh, that's the way to go. Dr. Peter Michalos, thank you so much for coming on, and thank you for keeping more of our listeners alive because we want them to listen longer. Yeah, well, that's why they have to listen to Cats and Cosby so they can learn more and have health spans.
Well, thank you thank so much. Thank you, Dr. Peter. Now, let's take a break. And after the break, you know who we have? For a full 15 minutes. The great Bill O'Reilly. The great Bill O'Reilly. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back. The great Bill O'Reilly is joining us in a second. By the way, John, uh, our show is also being heard on KSCO in California, one of the most beautiful places in Michael the country. Michael Swirling, real good guy. In Santa Cruz, beautiful San Benito, also Santa Clara, Monterey, gorgeous place. We're honored to be on KSCO. And now we have Bill O'Reilly for a full <clears throat> 15 minutes. And Bill O'Reilly, what the heck is going on? I don't know what's going on, John, but uh, I love Monterey, California. I'll tell you that. One of my favorite places in the world. The sun always um, shines. The uh, the congestion parking thing just broke that it's going to happen um, in the spring of 24, 2024. Mm-hmm. So this will hurt the state of New York's economy dramatically. It will cause a war between New Jersey and New York. It will put working class people who drive Uber and Lyft and cabs or all of that um, out of business because people are it's not so much that they're not going to drive into the city. um, Individual people. Yes, that will cut down on like in London that congestion pricing there cut down but they're not going to go in to the restaurants to the shows to all of those things that depend on out of new york city tourism the restaurant tours are it's going to be staggering how much money they lose every part of the state economy is going to go down and go down significantly. Unemployment will rise. Crime will rise. The unintended consequences of this, I have never seen a policy in a city, an individual city, that is as negative as this one, with one exception, San Francisco refusing to enforce the law. And as everybody knows, their retail districts now have collapsed. So if you want to go to a drugstore in San Francisco, you can't. They're all closed. The same thing is going to happen in New York City in less than 12 months. And it is staggering to even contemplate the disaster on the horizon. There's so many, if you go up and down the avenues in New York, uh, Bill, there's so many empty stores. There's so many closed stores. Uh, it's going to make it worse. I mean, the, 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 you know, the state, is the state in trouble? I mean, half a million people have moved out, and I'm sure the collections are down. They're absolutely down. And there's a solution. You see, when you read the proponents of this, it's all about global warming and pollution and all of this. That's just such a lie because what will happen is the people who have to drive into the city will go north of 60th street okay they'll park in those lots and those people will make money and they'll subway it down or bus it down okay so harlem and uh 
Yorktown, uh, Heights, and all of those neighborhoods are going to have five times as much traffic as they have now. Now, there's no question the traffic situation in New York City has reached critical mass. But what you have to do is say we're going to pass a law that you cannot make a truck delivery between the hours of 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. That's what they do in Tokyo. So if you want to deliver, you have to do it at night. Get up early. But but the unions will not do that because they have to pay overtime so that you're strangling the city, polluting the city with way too many vehicles. The city can't handle it, particularly because of all the bike and bus lanes now. And you got trucks double parked on every street. So there's no realism attached to this. And as somebody who knows how New York City should be run, I'm furious. I live 20 miles outside of the city, and I'm not going to be impacted because I don't come into the city all that much. breaks my heart. I'd like to come in a lot but I'm not going to sit in traffic for an hour and a half to go 20 miles. I could get in there faster using a pogo stick. Well, one, another reason I didn't go to the WABC golf tournament that's going on right now. That's right. In there's, Garden City. There's no way I can go to get to Garden City. Well, I mean, look, everybody living in Jersey, in Connecticut, on Long Island, knows it's a horror if you have to use a vehicle to get into that city, and if you have to rely on public transportation, in some areas, you're in danger. So we saw a complete collapse in San Francisco. Complete. The San Francisco city has collapsed. Yep. That could very well happen here in New York. Wow. And Bill, yeah. the other thing that you were upset about, uh, Bill, when we talked the other day, is this Pride Parade. Okay. So WABC has a Pride Day, which I endorsed. Okay? I don't care what your lifestyle, proclivity, attitude on gender is. I don't care. That's your business. And under the Constitution, you have a right to pursue happiness equally with every other citizen. Everybody is clear about my opinion on this. And if you want to have... No, I feel the same way. I mean... uh, Yeah, yeah, I know. That's why you had There's a civil war going on between gay uh, men, gay women, and other people in this parade that makes them... uh, Their being gay makes them look bad. Okay, but let's take a stair step. So WABC, John Casamitidis, Bill O'Reilly, and I'm sure Rita, we all don't have any animus against gays. Absolutely. We we respect your right, and it is a constitutional right, to pursue happiness. And if you want to have a parade, okay, but elements within the parade start to chant We're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. Yes, I heard that. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, Bill. common sense, tonight at 9 o'clock on WABC, 
I will play that very loud and clear for WABC viewers. Hey, Bill, this is Pete okay. King. I think it's terrible that they said that, even more terrible. I don't know of any progressive politician or many politicians at all or anyone in the media who's condemning that. Can you imagine if that was some racial epithet they were using? Everybody would be going crazy. Well, let me let me break it to you, uh, Congressman. There are none. Because my producers, the best in the business, did a search. Was there any politician or famous person? Yes, Bill O'Reilly right now at, at WABC at, at, at 5.55. And I was on Facebook today saying it, too. But I'll defer to Bill. No, but no politician right. in the gay yeah, community or the progressive left community say anything about it. Why? Because they're terrified of these extremists. They're terrified of them. Now, the extremists say it was a joke. Oh, satire. Mm. No, it wasn't. I saw it. You were baiting B-A-I-T-I-N-G traditional families. That's what you were doing. If you think that that chant won you any goodwill, you're insane. So what they're doing, these activists, these sisters of perpetual indulgence, is they're forcing people away from protecting gays. That's how heinous this thing is. Yes, crazy. Yeah, really crazy. By the way, did you see, Bill, um, in New Jersey, too? We were talking about New Jersey schools. What's going on these three school districts? I, we still were trying to get uh, Governor Murphy yeah. on to find out what 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 he's what his intent is. Yeah, this is amazing because he and the state AG are suing these three school districts because now these school districts are saying we've got to tell parents if kids want to change their pronoun, if they want to change their sexual identity, and the state's saying no, uh parents basically shouldn't know. I mean, this is amazing, Bill. Well, they got to sue the school districts. That's number one. Pro bono, get some traditional attorneys together and sue them. Because they are putting certain children at risk. And and right? by the way, now, now, by the way, now, three are actually saying that parents should be notified and the state saying no, no, no. Isn't that interesting? Well, so, sue, sue the state. Let's get the truth. Yeah, Let's get Governor Murphy on. Yeah. We want to, the people of New Jersey want to know the truth. And parents should know. Parents I mean, deserve to know. People want to know. Yeah. Hey, if, 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 if a kid is having a crisis. Parents you know, deserve to know. I mean, that to me is amazing. It's a new doctrine. It's called No Right to Know if you're a parent. All of you, keep in mind with a stroke of a pen, Murphy can end it. All he has to do is sign an executive order that any operation involving any child under the age of 18, parental notification is mandatory or it's a crime. Hey, Bill, I assume this didn't go on in St. Bridges or Chaminade when you were in school. You know, it's a different world then. Sure is. uh, I'm not one of these people, even though I enjoyed growing up in the 50s and 60s. And I respect, in fact, I was at the St. Bridges graduation two weeks ago because my goddaughter graduated my graduation class in 1963 from St. Bridget's school in Westbury was 175 this year at St. Bridget's 36. Wow. Wow. Well, 
9 o'clock tonight on WABCRadio.com, BillOReilly.com. I'm going to be listening to you, Bill. Thank you for coming on. And uh, uh, tomorrow is elections. Uh, who are you going to vote for, for DA, if you live in Queens? Russell. Hey. Well, Peter King says Grasso. I mean, well, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta vote for, for my uh, in-law, Melinda, uh, Katz. Melinda Katz. That's what Curtis says. Okay, and Say I live, so. in, and I live in Manhattan, so I have That's to vote at all. <laughs> and uh, in Manhattan, my friend Inez Dinkins, she's a very decent lady. She's yes. city council up in Harlem. That's yes. right. And what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, and the American way. way. God bless America. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.